Hey, love. Heads up, if you are seeking more inner confidence, inner slowness, inner peace, inner love, and after today's episode, you are going to be, my Healing Burnout course and community is your path. And this is your personal invitation from yours truly. Join me today at hillaryrushford.com slash burnout or the link below. As powerful as these beautiful podcast episodes are and as passionate as I am about sharing them for free to help as many people as possible, the way we truly change our lives effectively and efficiently is when we have a guided map, a personal mentor, action steps, accountability, and the support and encouragement of a community. So if you are ready to shift from just thinking and learning about healing to actually feeling, seeing, experiencing, and embodying healing in your own life, you, my dear, want to join us today. Visit the link below before the invitation expires. Do not dilly-dally and miss out on this. Do not delay. And then continue on with today's episode. I'll see you after the jump. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, beauty. It is so good to be back with you. As always, I absolutely love our Wednesdays together. And the last Wednesday, we had a conversation about slowing down. If you have not listened to that one, I highly encourage you to do so either before or after today's conversation. But I shared an aha that I got from piecing together over the years my own experience and then watching that of a dear friend of mine and then kind of this final penny drop as I was reading the experiences of our first round of Healing Burnout students that went through that course and community and experience and seeing what their takeaways had been, what the power of the experience was, how the course had truly shifted things for them. And what came out of it was this duality realization of slowing down our outside in our actions and our inside in being with our thoughts. And as I reflected on that more, I think there is actually a third circle. And right now I'm picturing it because I'm a very visual learner. I'm picturing it as though if your current world right now, if you are feeling a little overwhelmed, a little exhausted, a little anxious, a little frustrated, we're living in this big circle where we're kind of flailing and frazzled. It's like the the edges of our circle are all a little crispy and spiky. We are just, we are spread too thin. It's like if you put your arms and your legs out really wide where it is uncomfortable to stretch your arms that far, that's the width of the circle we are trying to live in right now. We are truly spread too thin, and it's just not sustainable. It's not a comfortable, relaxed way to live. So then we want to rein it in where we're not quite so spread thin to feel more whole, more centered. Like, yep, this, this sphere that I am living in now, I can do this well. And so we bring all of our limbs in a little bit, and we're sort of a little bit more anchored. That kind of starts to me with that outside layer of slowness. We pull it in a bit with our actions. Then we go to an even more inner circle where we've discovered our our inside 
thoughts. Now we are slowing down on the inside with our mind and the things that we are thinking and the things that we have been too busy to sit with, that we have perhaps been staying too busy so that we don't have to sit with. And then I think there is a a fourth circle that comes after that where we are now inside our body. So first it's our outside actions, then it's our inside thoughts, now it's inside our body. So let's pause here for a minute and talk about the word body, the idea of body. Because I think when we talk about this, specifically as women, we tend to go to the outside of our body and associations like thinness or fatness, whether my body is accepted, whether I accept it, other people accept it, how they view it, how I view it in the mirror, how other people view it, their judgment, my judgment. Am I sexy? Do I want to be sexy? Do I not want to be seen as sexy? Am I seen as too much of a little girl? Am I seen as too womanly? Am I seen as too old, too young? Do I have big breasts or no breasts, a big butt or no butt? Am I insecure because I'm tall or I'm short? Am I? Do I feel awkward in my body? At what times do I feel awkward in my body? Has it been shamed? Has it been abused? Have I abused it? Has that been through eating disorders? Has that been through negative thoughts that I'm thinking? Has it been putting it in clothes that just physically feel uncomfortable and leave me with marks when I'm taking them off at the end of the night or I'm limping home because I was abusing my feet and those really high heels? When we talk about our body, it can be how our body has changed, whether that's through pregnancy or miscarriage or age or illness. You know, I've had dancer friends that got injured and now suddenly they weren't moving their body as much. That is one part of your body. And again, we might describe it in the same way that we did slowness as there's an outside and an inside. This is the outside part of our body. And most of the time, When we talk about our body and culture, we mean the outside, what you and others see on the outside of your body. And it might be how you feel on the inside. You might feel insecure or confident, but it's because of what they see on the outside, your belief about, oh, I I feel confident because I have a hot body and people are seeing that hot body. I feel confident because I do feel pretty on camera or pretty on stage or pretty on this date. But that's because of what I believe others are seeing on the outside that's giving me this inner feeling or in the case of the, you know, the the tight pants, my stomach is not feeling good because I'm wearing pants that were too tight and now I've eaten a meal, but I was doing this because of what it looked like on the outside and now yes, my internal physical organs are not feeling good. When we talk about body, we tend to be emphasizing on the outside and that is a topic that I want to have a lot more deeper exploration on in my style book, in my style course at a later date. But there is also a huge part of our body that is inside. Is she inside healthy or unhealthy in ways that you can't see? Ways that have nothing to do with aesthetics or weight or curves. Is she tired? Is she breaking down? 
Are you pushing her too hard? Does she have some recurring pain that you aren't dealing with that's because of the actions you are taking, like sitting in front of a computer for forever or managing a lot of stress and where does that manifest in your body, that tension, that anxiety, but we feel it on the inside. Also, are you trusting her? listening to her. This inside part of the body is your gut, your inner knowing. If you are feeling anxiety or peace, you are feeling that in your body. And that is a signal before you even get to your mind that can rationally say, you know, Hillary, we are feeling anxious today and let us sit down with our Elegant Excellence Journal and let us use one of our slow session meditations from the Healing Burnout course, and let's get to the root of what this anxiety is coming from. But the first thing that happens, right, is just something inside your body, a feeling in your stomach, a feeling in your shoulders, a feeling in your chest. People feel it different places, but we feel that. And in the first episode of 2023, first episode of the year, we talked about inner confidence. Where does that inner confidence come from? What does it feel like? How is it different than outer confidence? Then last week, we talked about outer and inner slowness. How do we slow down our life? Why are we afraid to slow down our life? And I did not intend for this to be a three-part series. As I wrote last week's episode, as I wrote this week's episode, I wasn't even thinking you know what? These are all different angles to come at the same thing. But I wonder if today's topic, it's about inner peace, which, like body, is a phrase we hear a lot that I don't think we have the association with most naturally that I want us to sink into today. Inner peace sounds a lot like, you know, the trope of Miss America saying what she wants is world peace, like something that everyone would agree with, everyone says they want, no one ever really achieves except maybe for the monks, and that's not realistic for us. So it's almost more of a joke than a real explanation. It's more likely something we would say like, oh, you know, I'm just working on inner peace this year, (laughs) ha ha ha, takes a sip of wine, as opposed to, I think really what I'm working on is feeling more of an inner peace. It almost just sounds so cheesy, like something like gratitude that we talk about a lot, and yet there's a reason why we talk about it a lot, because it's really powerful, and yet we've said it so often. You know when you say a word again and again and again, you're like, cherries, cherries, cherries. Chair, kind of sounds like chair, right? And you start to think about like the way the word is is spelled and all of that. You spend so much, you use this word all the time, but if you really sit down to think about it, it starts to be a little wonky in your head. So inner peace. I said in each of the last two episodes, I think this kind of is the thing, this inner part, confidence, slowness, peace, love. This inner part is where life is good, maybe we could say? How would we even put language to how it feels? I don't, I think the fact that I struggle to put language to it says I haven't heard and read and seen a lot of discourse on what this inner part really feels like when we're actually living it out. I can just tell you from my experience, I am feeling it, but I am still working to put language to it and I don't have the perfect 
quote from some other author that I love that I'm like, this is what I'm aspiring to. Because I don't think it's very common. I don't mean I've achieved it and hair flip, no one has. But I think it is such an elusive thing that ultimately might be the root of what we're all searching for. This inner part where circumstances happen, because they're going to happen, but you're going to be okay. Where you're going to be disappointed, embarrassed, but you're going to be okay. You've got you. You're listening to you. You're going to keep growing for yourself. You're going to keep healing. And you know you can because you want to for you. And you know that you will because you have confidence in you. You're not doing it to to make your marriage better. You're not doing it to get a raise at a job. You're not doing it to appease or impress, impress anyone else. First and foremost, those may all be beautiful benefits of it, but first and foremost, you are just realizing this feels so good for me that I believe I am going to keep leaning into this, this inner thing. There is a quietness, there's a sinking, there's a confidence, a peace. It's all of these words exist in the inner. And like last week, this is an aha that came in three stages. Instead of through me and then a friend and then one of our healing burnout students, it was myself, a healing burnout student, and then reading her story hearkened back to things I had been told about students in my style course, which was so many years ago. So Amy said, after taking our healing burnout course, she said, I really enjoyed the slow sessions as a way to end each week. And I explained last week a little bit about what those are, but they're part of the content, just one small part of the content inside the Healing Burnout course and our Elegant Excellence community. Amy said, I found the slow session on being more in our bodies really helpful. And I've been coming back to some of those techniques when my anxiety intensifies. One thing I absolutely love and was not expecting – and by the way, I just want to put a pause – the number of times that someone – shares with me what their experience was inside some program or product I've created and says what I wasn't expecting was fill in the blank. And I didn't even have this note down to share, but I'm just, it's hitting me afresh as I read that thinking, how often are we trying to say, I want to know exactly what to expect. I want to know what all the benefits are, understandably, before I invest my time, money, energy, and attention into something. And yet, I've got to say, that so often people say, I wasn't even expecting this other good thing was going to come out of it. So I feel like if we go into something that already has proven results for other people and is created by someone whose story we we know and we trust them and all of that, then we can actually go in with the expectation, yeah, there's going to be 20% of this that I couldn't have even seen coming. I'm not going to know what the impact for me is until I get in there. Because this impact Amy had, I didn't hear someone else yet highlight, and I'm sure it will be the reality for them, or it was, they just haven't even articulated. You, you might be in our Healing Burnout course right now listening to this going, oh my gosh, you know what? That's happened for me too. I just didn't even realize it until you said it that that was the case. So, What I was not expecting is that in combination with some of the Instagram stories you did on the topic of how we gaslight our bodies, I am getting so much better at both listening to my body's needs and honoring them. 
or at least acknowledging them. Even if I can't fulfill them right away, I'm not just ignoring or dismissing them. I feel like this is lulling me into such a more gentle rhythm and honestly has been the number one technique that is helping to heal my poor body image. I'm consciously changing the way I talk about my body, both to myself and in front of friends, to be gentler on her and recognizing that using antagonistic language that sets up a me versus my body dichotomy is causing the real harm. Thank you, smiley face. So let's unpack this. In learning how to heal her burnout, Amy is healing her poor body image. And while I would never have been able to tell you that is going to be the outcome of this experience for some people, that makes perfect sense to me. Because the Instagram stories she's talking about were around the idea of gaslighting our bodies, that our body is telling us, I am exhausted. I am giving you all of these signals that I'm so exhausted. And we are saying, no, you're not. You're not working hard enough. We, our body is telling us this. And to me, I know gaslighting is a word that we throw around a lot, but I feel like at its core, we were like really into the zeitgeist of this right now, or this is a lot in the zeitgeist right now, but I feel like at its core, the gaslighting goes back to something you know to be true and someone or something is telling you, that's not true. That didn't just happen. And you're like, no, I, I swear that it did. And they're like, no, you must be losing your mind because that definitely did not happen. And then you start to feel a little crazy. You're like, but I swore that I experienced that. So your body is like, I am exhausted. And you're like, no, you're not. I think you're just a little lazy and not working hard enough. Your body's like, are you sure? Because I really just, I don't think this is sustainable. And you're like, you know what? I am so disappointed in you. I don't know what is wrong with you. Now your body is starting to like weep. Like, and just be like, I just, I really don't think I can do more than this. And meanwhile, you're being this like incredibly harsh taskmaster being like, you just need to work harder. But your body is signaling you with your neck pain or brain fog or irritability. And you're saying, oh, stop complaining. Let's just put a Band-Aid on it. I'm just going to take a drink take a pill. I'm going to blame someone else in taking instead of taking responsibility. I'm just going to tell you that it's you not working hard enough and push you even more. But my anxiety is a sign of burnout. And it is wild to me how heavily I suffered with anxiety for so long. And that's not to say I have zero anxiety uh, that, that still remains. This healing does not mean now we have no issues and we are perfectly healthy and there will never be a problem again. But ye gads, the transformation from what it was, my anxiety is a sign of burnout. For many, your depression is a sign of burnout. Your trauma continuing to arise and continuing to be triggered may be a sign of burnout. My neck pain is a sign of burnout. When I'm short with my husband, when I'm lonely because I'm not being consistent with friendships, all of these are signs of burnout. When I'm eating too little or too much or drinking too little water, when my stomach hurts or my hand shakes or I start to lose my voice, that's something that used to happen to me years ago that I would just get so tense that I wasn't breathing deeply enough and I would start to lose my voice on really big launch weeks. And I thought like, do I need a voice therapist or something? Is this about my breathing? It was about my breathing. 
I wasn't breathing. (laughs) When you think about it, when you're panicked, you breathe shallowly, right? And when you are trying to calm the body, you slow down because we don't do that slow belly breathing when we are running from the lion that is about to attack us. So when you are running from a lion nonstop because you are so stressed with all the balls you are juggling in the air, you're never not breathing in that shallow way and it starts to have other effects. Maybe for you it's headaches, et cetera. So over the years, there were so many times that my body was telling me that I am giving you a sign that I am burned out. You are pushing us too hard. This is out of balance. And I was either saying, nah, this isn't a big deal. This is normal. Everybody feels this way. No, no, they don't. Not everybody feels this way. Oh, this is this is fine. We can just cover it up with this other thing. I mean, we can. We can cover for it with a pill. We can cover for it with, you know, going to a a, a chiropractor every time. But maybe if we didn't, if we weren't so stressed, I'm actually realizing this right now at the top of the year. I do this like neck clicking thing. Drives my husband crazy. And I just said to him, we were at a um, I said to him the other night we were at an event, and I was like, I I realized I was doing this neck clicking just a little bit, and it hit me. I don't think I've really been doing that for quite a few weeks now. And I know that it is a physical sign. I know that it is because my back muscles are too weak. My shoulder muscles are too tight. It has to do with posture. It has to do with an old back injury. I know it's about going to physical therapy. I know it's about working out more. And yet, I haven't done any of those things in the last six weeks. What I've done is be substantially less stressed out. What I've done is take three pretty restful weeks over the holidays and then start the year encouraged because of some changes that I've implemented. And I'm not doing the neck clicking that I was doing for forever. So I started to realize this about gaslighting my own body. I started talking about it many months ago, hence the Instagram stories. And then when I read that quote from Amy in regards to my healing burnout course, I started to remember the stories of some of my style students from many years ago. And one in particular that stands out is I had an executive assistant for a while named Courtney, and she bought the style course for her mom, and her mom was more heavy set, and she loved the style course so much, and it was bringing her so much joy, and she was dressing better, and she was having more confidence, and all of these things. But Courtney said she also is losing substantial amounts of weight without really trying. That wasn't her focus right now. That wasn't where her mindset was or her emphasis was. But what her mom was doing was being kinder to her body because she had been inspired on the outside to be kinder to it, to find more joy and peace and love. And then that was carrying over into the inside. And at the time, which I believe I filmed that style course in 2014, which means it was nearing a decade ago, which is absolutely wild. And that I am so excited to bring that back to you before long because it has been so long. But at the time, there wasn't really a ton of emphasis on mindset and diet culture and like exactly where all of this messaging comes from and, and all of these things. It was much more so about the outside. And the, the style principles, the closet organization, it was some mindset, but it was more so on the outside. But as the aha I had last week, the next step after the outside is the inside. And yes, inside my style teaching, I always knew the outside isn't enough. It does not matter how thin you are. It does not matter how well-dressed you are. If, if the inside is 
low confidence, broken, unattractive, heavy, negative, et cetera, the outside is never going to be enough. But just like my aha last week, there was more inside healing that I myself hadn't even found yet when I was only three years into being a personal stylist and taking on style clients and students. So I couldn't yet teach on it yet. I hadn't had enough of the evolution myself or seen it in my clients or heard it from my students. And that example of Courtney's mom is about weight loss. And here's the thing. Some bodies could lose weight and be more healthy or gain weight and be more healthy. They might be overeating or undereating, undermoving, being unkind to our bodies. But for many bodies, that is not the case. We have wildly unrealistic ideals and pressures on what bodies should look like. So I just want to be clear, lest anyone misunderstand, that losing weight is never my aim. My celebration wasn't, yay, Courtney's mom is skinnier. It was hearing from Courtney, my mom hadn't been very kind to her body. And now that she is treating her body more kindly, she is losing weight. And that therefore says to me, it was unkind the actions before, which is not true for all people. We are not associating that larger bodies mean we are being unkind to our body. That is a falsity. And there is so much of those stories that has to do with toxic, patriarchal, white, Western beauty standards. Being kind is always my aim. Being kinder to ourselves. Because the only people who are truly kind to others, it has to start with the inside. You've got plenty, where are my Enneagram 2s out there? You've got plenty of people that are serving other people really because they want to feel more valued and useful themselves. It's actually coming from an unhealthy place. You can be the most generous person in the world, but actually doing it to try to fill a hole inside yourself where you don't have that inner kindness. So to me, it always starts there, that the only way we have a positive humanity that is a healthy and sustainable humanity is starting with kind individuals. So being January, even if for you there is no association with the new year at all for eating better or moving more, which to be honest, still is a lot of what I'm hearing. Like I know for myself, I want to move more this year. My marketing director got back into working out. I was just listening to a podcast where that host is is doing a extended gluten-free, dairy-free challenge. And somebody else had called in to tell her like, you know, I, I wanted to start the year off eating clean, but I already fell off in the first week. What do I do? So these are very common desires. And longer conversation to unpack how much of that is about, again, our actual health versus our marketing, capitalistic, patriarchal, et cetera, messaging that we're receiving. But whether that is on your radar or not, what about for all of us being more kind to your body this year, which is not necessarily associated at all whatsoever with what you are eating or how you are moving with diet or with exercise, but rather being more in partnership with her, rewriting the story that does not mean that that loving your body does not mean loving your stomach, which yes, I would love to get there. I am still not. Separate conversation. I really want to emphasize that. I don't love my stomach in a tight dress. I'm not totally comfortable with exactly how my body looks, but this conversation is not about outside body love. This is about inside body kindness. 
And the result of inside body kindness naturally becomes more outside body kindness, more holistic body kindness. The other direction doesn't necessarily have to go that way. It can make it worse. Trying to love your body more on the outside because of what culture says a lovable body should be may not relate to actually caring more and be more kind to yourself on the inside. It could lead you to do unkind things to try to please and appease people on the outside. But inside love and all this inside stuff that has, again, spontaneously become a three-part unplanned podcast series on the inside because I just keep going deeper into different levels of it and layers and angles. All of this inside stuff, inner confidence, inner slowness, inner peace, inner love, it is about you. And when it is about you, it is authentic. It is in integrity. It is coming from the part of you, whatever your religious or spiritual beliefs are, it's coming from the part of you that is connected to God or source or spirit, that sees yourself as a divine being, that goes within yourself and says, here is what I know to be true that is as close as I can get there, not coming from messages that somebody else told me because it was going to benefit them, because I was going to fit within their power structure. I was going to make them feel better about themselves. I was going to spend more money. I was going to stay dissatisfied. It feels good to me. Not because somebody else is giving me affirmation, not because somebody else is telling me it's right. It's just in the quiet knowing it feels good. It feels right. It feels like this works. This stays sustainable. I don't know that it's sustainable for me to run an hour five days a week. I don't know if that's sustainable for my knees. I don't know if that's sustainable for my schedule, whatever that is. But being kind inside my body, that's always sustainable. I always have, because it takes no more hours. It takes no more money. It takes no more space in my schedule. It just is a way of being that then goes on to impact the outside. And friend, this is the journey that we are on together this year. And it starts with healing your burnout. I do believe that is the first step where we start to make these substantive changes that I will take you back to a survey we did last year, 2022. Our whole entire audience poured over thousands of your responses and everyone's number one challenge was burnout. And that's why I say this is where it starts. It starts with the foundational reasons questioning how did we end up burned out in the first place? What are all the different angles and elements to come at this from? This isn't about working harder. This isn't about having the perfect time-blocked schedule. This isn't about muscling your way through for another year. This isn't about feeling helpless unless the patriarchy and white supremacy falls. Like, what can we do right now that is reasonable, that is realistic, that acknowledges the macro, takes ownership of the micro, releases the things we can't control, leans into the things we can, truly healing our burnout is, I believe, based on all of my wisdom and experience so far, over a decade into teaching, having nearly over a million students at this point, I think this is the first step for all of us is to heal our burnout more. But from there, all of the other elements that we're going to walk through this year are on this path of getting to this inner 
kindness, calmness, confidence. We're getting to the inside. We get there through the Elegant Excellence Journal. We get there through my style course. We get there through the Elegant Excellence community, through the things we talk about in this podcast and the things we talk about on Instagram and Instagram stories. It's lots of angles, but it is one aim, to be kinder to ourselves and the reason that matters so deeply, even if that is not enough, which it should be. But it can be compelling to have, we all want to have like a a purpose and a meaning in this world, right? So the bigger purpose and meaning is that as we are kinder to ourselves, we are kinder to others. And we are better parents and friends and romantic partners and leaders and family members to people when we are the only one in our family that is going to therapy and doing the work. And we are kinder in how we vote and we are kinder in how we spend our money and our time and our attention. Like it just, it water flows over into everything that you start to judge things more by. Do I feel kinder having read this news story? If this news story feels heavy, what thoughts or actions or or intentions can I have after this that make me feel kinder in this rather than just angry, hopeless, disconnected, etc. That the more we have grace for ourselves, gentleness with ourselves, compassion for ourselves, we have it for others. And who, I mean, that is the most beautiful thing to be around, right? If you truly feel like you are in relationship with someone, think of a friend or a mother or a mother-in-law or a significant other. Think of someone who feels that they do have a lot of grace, compassion, easy forgiveness, really doesn't sweat the small stuff versus someone who doesn't. They don't give a lot of grace. They have a lot of judgment, a lot of blame, a lot of controlling, a lot of nitpicking, a lot of needing other people and themselves to be perfect, a lot of pressure. Like that, those are the two poles, right? And we've all had that. Everyone had that experience growing up. You had a dance teacher or a coach. You've been in a church. You've been in different communities where you felt one or the other. And we want to be the women who feel the former. And that that from there, we then model that other people can join us in this better feeling place that actually makes the whole world feel better. But I think it starts with believing yourself. And I think that the most inner core of this is more embodiment, is more listening to yourself. How much time do we spend watching other people's Instagram content, having other people, even, you know, hopefully something beautiful and helpful and inspiring like this in your ears. But how many things have you listened to in the last week that instead are someone else's memoir or someone else's marketing plans or, you know, things that you are putting in your ears that may be wonderful at entertainment, et cetera, may be helpful to your life, but how often are you listening to yourself and being invited to listen to yourself? How often are we taking our pressure over productivity and and where we are by this age and this stage in our careers from these outside stories Versus an inner sense of, but you know what? I'm doing my best and I've always done my best. So why on earth would I 
beat myself up for that? How often are we discounting these physical signs and symptoms and thinking, this is just the way we've got to live? And I've told that story so many times about when I dated the acupuncturist and I had him, quote, release one side of my neck. And then I was so freaked out by the needles, I wouldn't let him do the other one. And I woke up the next morning and the shoulder he didn't release was aching and in such pain, I was like, you got to come back over because not only is this shoulder throbbing, but also I looked like, you know, Quasimodo, they were uneven. And yet the shoulder that was, quote, throbbing, that was a pain I'd been living with every single day. I just did not notice that my right shoulder was throbbing until my left shoulder wasn't. I had just gotten so used to and accustomed to that pain. And that was one of many, many signs over the years of my healing journey to say, what else am I just accepting that this is the way it's got to be when my body is trying to give me a signal? My gut and my, and my inner knowing is saying, this doesn't feel right. I don't think friendship should feel this contentious. I don't think you should feel this bad in a romantic relationship. I don't think you should have a pit in your stomach when you think about having to go back into work the next day. Like, what are these different things? My 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 inner knowing is saying, this is not peace and joy and calm and space. How do we get there? My inner knowing is saying, society shouldn't be like this. So like, and I like that about myself, that I'm listening and I have compassion for others and I'm paying attention. So it also isn't coming from this selfish place that says, like, Sarah, you have all the answers. You just believe yourself. You don't listen to anybody else. You don't take any feedback. It's not coming from that. It is not that energy. It's not sassy. (laughs) It's not holier than thou. It's not entitled. It's the opposite. It's so humble and gentle. It's putting your hand on your chest and saying to yourself, I believe you. I believe you that you are working really hard. And I'm sorry that my brain is struggling with that because all of this toxic capitalist productivity mindset that I've got, but, I'm, but I hear you. I, I can feel you. I put my hand on my stomach. I feel you, that you feel like this is as much as you can give. And in my inside, I believe you. On my outside, I'm struggling with it, but that's why I'm seeking help. That's why I'm in the healing burnout course. That's why I'm going to therapy. That's why I'm using my Elegant Excellence Journal. I'm doing these things to say, I want to believe myself more and then encourage everyone else to believe themselves too. Because if the sibling that you're not getting along with, you want them to be listening to their authenticity as well from that same humble place. And it might mean we're just very different people and we're not as close as we wish we were. I had a friend in this situation. I, I, I had this idealization that we would be so close and we're just very different people. But I can be me and you can be you and I can mourn that loss, but we can both still, we can still be friendly because we just both have peace in her, in who we are. Like you can just see in all of these applications in your life. How much is better when we have this inner peace, calm, confidence, all of the things, but we have to treat ourselves that way first before we can treat others like that, before we can hope that the people that we love would treat themselves that way, before we can hope that the people that we don't like, the people that are triggering us would work that way. That once we do it for ourselves, We have so much more peace releasing it over everyone else and instead modeling it. And I would love 
to help you do that this year. I am so incredibly grateful that you are here, and I hope this message is resonating with you, and I am delighted that you are here for this journey that we are going on this year and beyond, because it will be lifelong into layers and layers of a life that truly has more joy and less overwhelm, that without burning out, we are genuinely creating lives and selves that we feel so beautiful in and grateful in and caught up in the magic and the humility of what it means to be alive and to be a part of this grand planet that is spinning around in a galaxy billions of years old. And how do I reconcile that with my beautiful to-do list that sits in front of me today? The yes and of both of those. It's a pretty magical conversation to have, and I am very grateful that you are here for it. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately, I shared on Instagram stories that Freddie Cappuccino met a baby for the first time, and a baby met a cat for the first time in meeting Freddie Cappuccino, and ourselves and some of our closest friends, parents of said baby, were both like observing firsts is pretty magical. We are observing both of these tiny beings that have only been on the planet for a little over a year and and less even than a year. We're watching them, these, these live beings, have an experience they've never had before. And we're getting to observe what that's like. And realizing we have all had so many first experiences, many of which we don't remember, They haven't stuck with us. They may have shaped us over time, but we may not recall them at all. I have no memory of when the first time is I met a cat, for example. But we've all had them, and we all can still have them. We all will still have them. That you are going to visit a city that you've never been to, and that's going to be your first time in that city. You're going to have a friend who's in a new demographic. You've never intimately walked through cancer with a friend. You've never intimately walked through watching a friend become a widow or a widower. You're going to have a new experience. I've never been in a relationship for 10 years. Jeremy and I have been together for six years. I'm years away from a new first season of what is it like to be with someone from years 10 to 20. I've never had a relationship that long. I've never walked through the death of someone close to me. I'm not looking forward to that first, but I am aware, goodness, there is so much more life awaiting me to experience good or quote unquote bad, but also just very human experiences. I've had a cat, but I've never had a cuddly cat. So I didn't think I liked cats because I had a very limited cat experience and it was not positive. So how many firsts can we have where you're like, oh yeah, I've done that thing. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, I've been friends with people with that Enneagram type before. It didn't work for me, which is totally me. I won't tell you what type so I don't offend you. But yeah, right now in my, my head, I'm like, yeah, I don't do well with people of that type. Well, maybe I've never been friends with someone who's an incredibly healthy, evolved version of that number. I have loved a baby, but not my baby. I only know what it is like to be utterly obsessed with my nieces. I I don't know what it is like to feel that about a baby. And, and I cannot know until I get there. 
I can think that I know, I can guess, but I won't. It's actually sort of akin to what Amy was saying in her uh, share above that she said, uh, what I wasn't expecting was. She went into this experience thinking that she knew what it was going to be, but there was things she couldn't know until she actually did it. That comes back to that adage I'm sure I've said to so many of you in DMs as we're talking about things over the year. Confidence and clarity comes from action, not thought. We have to actually do the thing to have the clarity, oh, this is what this feels like. And also, there is a magic from new experiences. You know, I've healed some trauma, but not all of it. But the fact that I realize I've healed some trauma, doesn't that just show me that I can absolutely do even more? So why then am I resistant to the next step? Why am I unsure if I can ever really get past or heal from that thing? Because I've gotten past and healed from other things I didn't think were possible. Or, and again, by, by my definition of healing, does it mean it's fine and no big deal? No. But does it mean it's not causing me a, a, a recurring and frequent limp today, you know, emotionally and metaphorically? Yes. That you can do new things. You can heal your burnout. You can love your body more. You can find more inner confidence, slowness, peace, love than you ever knew. And in 2023, we are all going to do new things this year that are going to be easier than we ever thought possible, that are going to feel better and more worth it than we realized, and that are not even on our radar yet, are going to be something that we look back at the end of the year. We're going to be like, well, that's a new thing that I did. That's amazing. I didn't even know I could do that. I didn't even dare to dream. It hadn't even crossed my radar that that was out there. And thank goodness, because that was beautiful and delightful, or even if it was hard and excruciating in elements, it also, yes and, it also taught me something. Doesn't mean that it was worth it. Doesn't mean everything happens for a reason, but it also taught me something. I know things now, many wonderful things that I hadn't thought to explore. I mean, guys, how how often is a Sondheim lyric appropriate in an episode of the You're Welcome podcast with Hillary Rushford? Am I right? So we are all going to do new things this year. And I, for one, am so excited for us. And maybe I will even learn some new musical theater lyrics to throw into an episode or two. <laughs> but I wouldn't hold your breath. I'm not real good at learning new music. I just kind of stick with what I know. <laughs> And what I know is that I will see you back here next Wednesday with grace and gumption. Final reminder, friend, to take action. There are links below where you can go deeper with me on my teaching on this and other topics, some of which may be happening live right now when you are listening to this. So do not delay. Take just a moment, check out the description of this episode, and I cannot wait to see you inside, get to know you more personally, and go even deeper on your healing journey together with a beautiful community to support you. Till next Wednesday.